Goodbye, stranger. It's been nice. Hope you find your paradise. Can't you see your point of view? Hope your dreams will all come true. Feel no sorrow. Feel no shame. Come tomorrow. Feel no pain. Goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, Jane. Will we ever meet again? Wow, that was wicked, man. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to chime in. No. I was enjoying that. <laughs> we I can't believe you it. didn't have any notes. You uh, just that's did saying that. goodbye to the contractors. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was like just we're, right off the cuff. We're becoming very impressed with a lot of guests and their singing abilities, man. I was thinking Metallica earlier. But yeah. <laughs> no, 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 you could do anything. That was a great one, man. That was thank a perfect you, setup. You. So we have Mark joining us on the show today. It's a little steamy a little warm again here we're not complaining no but but, but carlito what are we going to talk about today oh this is going to be interesting. Why, why is why is mark here well mark's here for two reasons he's gonna he's gonna give us a little bit of input on his experiences in construction his uh great moments and his bad moments through but, the perspective of uh a homeowner got it so we are going to basically talk about homeowners uh versus contractors Ding, ding. The pros and cons and how many different ways you can do things. You've got a lot of <laughs> stories to share, Mark. I do. I have good stories. I have bad stories. We want to hear all of them. <laughs> all right. We're not all about the negative here, despite what's going on social media and people looking no. at me and going, give me a break, man. Like, come on. Nobody's allowed to express an opinion anymore these days. Is that what it is? We're all just going to be nervous about yeah, sharing our opinions. Apparently. It's a bizarre time in life. Yeah. <sighs> man, people grow up, stand up. Stand no, up. you're right. <laughs> know who you are. <laughs> all right, so I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a really good podcast. First of all, we got a bunch of housekeeping to do. I just want to do a bunch of housekeeping. Mark just made an appearance, a little cameo here. Yeah, Skylux. Uh, Skylux. So we're in Skylux Studios, Skylux Roofing. Guys, follow them. Give them a call. Get them to do your next job. That's bottom line, right? So Mark and his boys are top-notch roofers in the city. Give them a call at Skylux Roofing on Instagram. Thank you very much for letting us uh, record the podcast here. This is show number 98. Wow. Getting close, tick man. Tick-tock, tick-tock, <laughs> tick-tock, 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 right? So number 98, and we're going to talk about homeowners. Right off the bat, before history, I want to do construction bone to pick with. Well, or we, you do we want to do a handle? Oh, yeah, sorry. We want to do a handle, your uh, email. So I'm not a, uh, a uh, builder. I'm a graphic designer, a brand. I work in brand identity. Okay. Uh, I've been lucky enough to not have to put myself out there too much over the years, but if anyone is interested and needs graphic work or brand identity work, you can reach me at markmachinick.com. You're going to uh, have to spell the last name. Actually, markmachinick at hotmail.com. M-A-R-K-M-A-C-H-A-N-E-K at hotmail.com. Perfect. But you know you're part of the industry. It wasn't I am for guys now. like you producing things for us. We wouldn't be able to advertise. Right, right. What I do love is the last, I'd say, five, six years, contractors have gotten very savvy regarding brand identity. It has. Uh, I've noticed, uh, you know, I'm always looking at trucks, seeing what's uh, 
driving around on the highways and uh, the logos are starting to look better. Yeah, gone are the days of the magnetic uh, little flip-on kind of thing. Yeah. And, hey, and, hey, hey, hey. And, and, and the busted-up couch and the, the van full of puppies in there, which is basically borderline sirens of the lens. Listen, don't take the magnets <laughs> yeah. away. I, I know we got to start the show, but no, I want to no, say I'm, one thing about I'm the magnets. I'm taking the magnets away. You know, if you're in a... If you're in a residential area, you're not allowed to have commercial stickers. Depends on which residential so area you go along. No, 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 no. <laughs> Anyways, let's on get... with the show. We must go. I think we should start with history. history. Let's with do history. Manny. Let's do history. Let's do history. So, Mark, I want to ask you a question. And again, sure. based on my minions of researchers here, it's only me that does it um <laughs> i want to ask you and carlito might have the answer carl's not helping you with this no, he, he never helps me with this he participates what a he's liar. like oh i wonder what manny's gonna bring up today yeah <laughs> <laughs> so who invented the first pool Ooh, and when was it an italian <laughs> you're 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 close you're close they got the typewriter, Levi's jeans, uh, the machine gun. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going, we're going further. I would expect the Greeks. The Greeks. I knew yeah. it was the Greeks. So yeah. in Rome and Greece, swimming was part of education in elementary age. Uh, boys and Romans built the first swimming pools separate from bathing pools. Hmm. We all know the Greeks like to bathe together. Yeah. We won't go down that road. <laughs> Wait a second. Hang on. I'm not finished. First <laughs> heated swimming pool was built by Gassias Macedonas of Rome in the first century wow. B.C. So he was a rich Roman lord and considered one of the first patrons of arts. And then all of a sudden you had Katman Pokna in the kingdom of, I can't even pronounce it. If you're man. Greek, just call in oh, and complain. Dude. Anna, Anna Komporia from Sri, Sri Lanka in the fourth century, they started building pools. Wow. BC. What year was the first filtration system for swimming pools introduced? Before chlorine. Before, were, yeah, before yeah. chlorine, pools were cleaned through filtration and frequent backwashing. Backwashing? Backwashing. So what, what, when were pools first created with filtration systems? This is U.S. side now. 1910. Wow. Brown University began still using early, chlorine to clean yeah. swimming pools, yeah. right? Which is now remembered as the first attempt of chlorine pool sanitation in the U.S. Now, I want to ask you guys, which country has the most swimming pools? What's the number one? Real swimming pools? Yes. Or backyards? No, that you no, call no. Swimming no, no. <laughs> swimming pools. Which country has the most? California. Country. Oh, U.S.? <laughs> no. Canada? U.S. is number 553, really? believe it or not. Number one in the world that has the most swimming pools is Mother Russia. You're kidding me. No way. Mother Russia with 1,750,000 pools. And they're pools. all made of cinder block. Are they ice pools? <laughs> They're pools, man. It'll probably wow. got to be all indoor, right? So, uh, Steam bass, right? Australia has 129,000 and change. U.S. has 583,000. Germany has 533,000. Japan has 1.5. They're just right wow. behind Russia. Wow. You know what? That makes total sense now. Great Britain, 812. Hungary, 136,000. Netherlands, 296,000. Uh, one final fact here. How deep is an Olympic pool? 12 feet. The deepest side of an Olympic pool is 9 foot 10 inches, which is 3 meters. Wow. Hmm. It's weird because we have an Olympic pool at my parents' place. I've used it since I was a kid, and it was 12 feet. What's the water temperature of an Olympic pool? Hmm. That would probably be like... I have both here. 72? 
77 to 82 Fahrenheit, and for our American friends, 25 to 28 degrees Celsius. And the Whirlpool, 106. I don't know about Whirlpool. <laughs> We're talking about pools. So that was... History with Manny and there his little munchkins. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Uh, so now my construction bone to pick with. I want to ask you, Mark, and I want to ask you, Carlito. For example, let's say you have someone working for you and they get on the job site, they borrow your tools and they damage your tools. Who's responsible are you expected to ask the person who damaged the tool to pay for it? Or are you expected since you're the GC and you loaned them your well, tool? Let's talk about this question because you're you're asking two. This is like a, a kind it's of a Carlito two-parter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's two ways of bringing tools on. Either you're bringing the tools on as a trade or you're using someone else's tools. So my question is, if you bring your tools on and someone else uses it and they damage it, what happens? Well, typically, I would only expect someone to fix my tools. And what's the reality? What's the etiquette on a job site? What do you expect, Mark? I've had it happen. I'm on the one side and the other side. Uh, doing what I'm doing now, I've borrowed a lot of tools. <laughs> a few don't look like they look when they were initially lent to me several months ago, and I plan on buying them a new one. I had a ladder covered in spray foam about a week ago. Oh, no. You were spray foaming? No, I wasn't. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the foamer was. And, uh, you know, they just, they go about their business like nothing happened, you know. And uh, Oh, you could just wipe that off. Yeah. It doesn't oh, come yeah. off. It yeah, doesn't sure come you off. can. So I guess my point is because I, that happened to me several times. And I've asked other contractors, what's the etiquette here? And they say, if you loan it out and it gets damaged, it's still on you. It's not on them. Really? That's the etiquette. It's not right. I don't agree with it. Hmm. I don't agree with it, but that's the etiquette. The thing is, is that it depends also what kind of accident it is. Uh, I think that that kind of plays How is that? No, that a part play. If you damage a tool, so you give the tool to, let's say you give it the tool to an apprentice and they're on site and they just break the tool for whatever reason. That's it. Boom. Done. Tool well, they, done. listen, they should definitely pay for it. That's for sure. Doesn't mean they're going to. A lot of these people don't have the money to fix something. No, it's not about money. Return it with some extra blades, depending on what it is, or throw you know, return it with uh, with an incentive, I guess. So I just want to throw that out. That's my little construction bone to pick with, and eventually Carlito would chime in on this construction bone to pick with. Well, no, I got I got a bone to pick too. I've, oh, bring it up. I I stopped getting people to bring tools on the site, and I controlled all my tools at one time. And then I found guys would get angry and throw my drill in sand and dirt, and they would never pay for it, which led them to not having a, a job. So Okay, so basically you just contradicted yourself because you said that they should pay for it, but they never well, paid for it, I'm, and I'm then getting you to stopped that, bringing the I'm tools. I'm getting to that two part. Some, by me forcing people to use my tools, and if I didn't spend the time to teach them how to use it properly, ah, sometimes there's a little bit of a leeway. This what, education thing, sorry, Mark, go ahead. What if you don't lend it to them and they just take it, it to use it? Yeah, that that's uh, a five-minute head start to get off the site before I catch you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always fine with if I've got tools there and someone needs to borrow it, another trade, they'll borrow it. It's fine. But if they break it, the proper etiquette is that it's you, it's on you. It's not on the person who broke. It's not. I'm just sorry. It's not. But, but then we could get into something else, too. We could talk about how many times does a laborer ruin material 
uh, a door, baseboards. So uh, okay, are you, ex- are you expecting them to pay for that? So all of a sudden, you put a material order in, it comes in, you give it to a laborer. Uh, first cut mistake, second cut mistake, third cut mistake. So at what point do you start back charging or charging the labor for that material? And where do you draw the line? You well, don't. That's th- what I'm saying. This is why uh, big builders now are back charging all the trades. If there's a scratch on the wall, it's not just on the glass company. They divide that cost from what I know, from yep. what I've heard amongst several trades. Wow. So is that something new? So it's like wife, a tip jar. Uh, my wife and her, uh, my father-in-law own a mirror and glass company, and they always got hit with, if there was a scratch in the wall or a nick, it had to be the glass company, right? So they would get back charged for stuff, wow. that, even things that they were not responsible for. But now what I've heard, a lot of the big builders are starting to split that cost just amongst everybody. Have you ever back charged? No, because I just get rid of the problem. What does that mean? You dig a six-foot grave? <laughs> no, I no. I, I, I mean, I, I either do two things. I either fix the problem by educating or showing them what to do. No, I, but I have had people buy new things. Like uh, one time this girl that was working on the site was driving a forklift, and she shouldn't have been on the forklift, but someone else told her to move something. She ran into my welder and crushed it. Hmm. And I just said to her, I said, hey, guess what? You're buying me a new $1,000 welder. And she's like, well... It's an accident. I was like, listen, I'm not going to pay the bill for that. That's $1,000. If it was like 50 bucks, I may end up be paying okay it? with it. She totally paid for it. And okay. she got to keep the broken welder. Well, she paid for it. <laughs> I think she if you cause it. damage to something or you break something, you should pay for it. Yeah. A mutual friend of ours got body slammed off of my Honda once, and uh, he paid for the hood of it. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's the severity of it. So what if we're talking about a $50 item here? What are we, a $100 item here? Are you ever going to work with this person again? You know, if it's a s- screwdriver, it's one thing. If it's a $200 Listen, Manny, I, th- I think kind. I can speak for Mark and myself and you. Uh, if I borrow something from you, I'll, I'll tell you two things. First of all, I'll definitely fix it. And right away. That's you. Definitely I, right I'm, away. I'm saying majority of laborers that come on, they damage it. I never see them again. They'll never fix it. But the most important part is that you want to be able to cross that bridge. And if you burn that bridge, you'll never be able to cross it again. So by me, break guys have matches these days. No, I know. But if I borrow something from you and I break it, I'm going to fix it so that I can have the opportunity (laughs) to borrow something from you again. You, because I know I'm going to see you again. I'm going to see you again in the podcast on the site. I'm going to see you again. I'm talking about guys that are already pointed. Hey, look, the exit sign. (laughs) see ya (laughs) so if they already know they're on their way out and they don't give a shit they don't care this is definitely a good rant (laughs) i'm just saying this is not a rant i'm not this is just a construction bone to pick with that's all it is anybody listening i think that's a big part of it that a lot of these contractors are coming in there's other guys stuff around they want to get in they want to get out they need to use something they use it they damage it they're not going to tell you it's funny how you if if you have every trade on site at any given time and i've spoken about this where pretty much every trade these days doesn't matter if you're a plumber tiler framer whatever we all have the collection of tools we all have very similar tools in our arsenal the question is, who's the one guy that brings in everything? So you start thinking, well, I don't want to make another trip to the van to get my tools. Right. Why don't I just borrow that tool? But what if you damage that tool at that point? What's the etiquette on that? That's just my rant on it. And majority of my experience has been they don't pay for it. No. I have yet to have one guy pay for it. 
One wow. guy, pay, I've had hoses damaged. I've had saws damaged. I've had chisels, screwdrivers. I have had lots of stuff damaged. Not one guy has paid for it. I've absorbed the cost. Well, we, we were doing a range the other day and uh, the HVAC guys weren't there. So someone saw my drill bits and they helped themselves to it. And then I saw them drilling through metal, which I had no problem with because they were metal drill bits. But then I saw them drilling through the metal into the porcelain. And I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, don't worry, I'll buy another one. And I'm like, sure you will. That's mm -hmm. what I mean. So now, not only am I out a drill bit, you know, I'll try to sharpen it because I have a, a drill sharpener. I, don't, I can't guarantee I'll get the same sharpness on it again. You sharpen your bits? Yeah. But you're looking at spending oh, 50, 15 to $20 for a drill bit now. Okay, I want to move on from that. Yeah, so anyways. I actually want to bring up, uh, I want to thank all the listeners for listening and all the engagement that we've been getting, all the DMs. And speaking about the trailers, Clueless Framer actually reached out to me and showed me a little video where he had like six or seven trailers on site. He goes, that's this trailer for this, that's this trailer for that, and that's this trailer. And he goes, this Carlitos right in his five trailers setup. He was just reminding me about that. So I just wanted to make mention of that. Wow. You're not the only idiot this, with lots of trailers. Hey, hey, take that back. <laughs> what did I organized. say? organized. I don't you, know what you're talking you about. You know what? A, it, it seems unorganized, but it's totally organized. And if you don't have to unload and load your vehicle, and it, does, it depends on what you're doing. You've, you've kind of got a good arsenal in your truck. So I, I just want to cut him off and bring it up again. That's all. I just want to thank our <laughs> listeners for listening. <laughs> That's all I want to do. The audience is growing. And recently I've been finding out, and it's kind of fitting that we have you on the show today, Mark, because I've been finding out a lot of homeowners are listening to us. And they're right. telling me that they're listening to us. So I just want to make mention of last week when I, I talked about someone reaching out to me, sending me a letter to quote a job. That's so right. I spoke to him. Great gentleman. Spoke about what he was looking to do. And he was telling me, I've been listening to the podcast. I'm on number 31 right now. I'm like, whoa. And back in my head, I'm starting to think about all the conversations that we've had mm -hmm. and what we may have said about certain. But also the changes, because when you're listening no, from, totally. from the first to the, the 30th, totally. yeah. it was a completely different vibe. But than I don't know about now. you, well, how you feel, Carlito, but I stand behind everything that I've ever expressed on the show, every single show, all 97 of them going into 98 and we have 99 on Thursday and we're doing our 100 next week. So I stand behind everything I've ever said. Yeah, and show. you should, because these, these are your growing pains. This is actually... Uh, people listening to this are actually growing with us. This yes. is our growing pains and our experiences along the way and how we've changed. So that's enough about us, Mark. Now, <laughs> since you came in, <laughs> let's, talk about, um, let's talk about you, the homeowner, and, and the experiences right. that you've had with contractors. Not us, because I've never worked for you. I've never, I just met you for the first time right now. Just off the back of your last comment, you know, I understand too as a homeowner that and also someone who owns a business and, you know, works in the signage industry and has worked with his hands in the past. Everything you say about a homeowner, you know, from your perspective could fairly well be true. There's two sides to everything. And, uh, you know, it's understood that homeowners can be a pain in the ass and vice versa. So it's human nature to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, yeah. And I agree with you. I agree that there's three sides. There's always the homeowners, the contractors, then there's the truth. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. There is, man. Yeah. I'm like yeah. not every contractor is going to tell the truth 100%. Same thing with the homeowners. So there's always three sides. Yeah. And, and homeowners, you know, they've gone probably through a lot of things. And I'm hoping you're going to express yourself. I mean, sometimes when you go through bad experiences, you become a little bit anal and yeah. on top of the contractors. And now the bad contractor is given the good contractor a bad name. And it's hard right. to trust or... 
believe in somebody new. Yeah, we're, we're over a year into our reno, which should have been done quite some time ago. And uh, What's the scope of the reno? Scope of the reno, we took a 228,000, 20, uh, no, sorry, 1,800 square feet. 228,000, yeah, I was like, going to say, it's a nice house. <laughs> I didn't see yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> Math was never my strong point. 1,800 uh, square foot, and we basically we doubled it and put a second story on, setback. We had a bungalow, basically, and put a second floor on it, but we kept the original uh, walls of the original main floor, and we salvaged our basement. About a month into our reno, like I said, a year ago, April, May, if you remember, it was like two months of rain, and we had been promised by the contractor that they would do their very best to uh, make sure that the basement didn't get damaged, which which I know is a big promise, but... You want to see some care taken and see that somebody's putting forth an effort while they put scaffolding around the house and they trust the roofs and they tarped everything. And we had wind where I thought, you know, it was going to blow, <laughs> take the roof off. It was just two months of terrible weather. But you'd get there in the mornings and the tarps were just full of water, just bubbled water, and they hadn't tied them properly to let the water run off. So you're just getting water dripping down into the basement. And they just didn't, they weren't, they didn't seem to care. Like you're there expressing that, hey, can we re-tarp this? Can you push the water out? Yeah, yeah, we'll be there in the morning. We'll push the water out in the morning. Oh, you're speaking to them on the phone. They're not no, even No, no, I'm site. coming there. I'm, uh, wow. I, I was there quite often. And suddenly when you're there all the time, they feel like they're being micromanaged. But the reason it's you're there house. is because they're not doing their job. Yeah. So long story short, you know, uh, I think it was Good Friday. Uh, I, I went over there and it was just raining for hours. And again, they, after a conversation, they still hadn't re-tarped and let the water run on, so, reconfigure the tarps in a way that the water would, you know, come out. And, and it's heavy, obviously. Basically, it ended up pulling all the scaffolding onto the house. It all collapsed. So the whole length of the front the scaffolding fell over too. Scaffolding because of the weight of the water wow. and the tarps just buckled. You're trying to get a hold of these guys. It's Good Friday. There's nowhere to be found. I had to get my father-in-law in there, my wife. No. Two o'clock in the morning. My father-in-law's Italian. He's a hunter. He got in there. <laughs> he got in there. You know, jimmied some ropes around a, a tree. Through the uh, concrete walls of the structure, we tied the legs of the scaffolding back in because they were all sitting on the grass. And he's like, okay, now you guys are going to push it. I'm like, listen... We shouldn't be doing this. This thing is, this is dangerous. He's like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. And sure enough, we, me and my wife gave it a push and it, it righted itself and it was perfect. <laughs> like, you know, the, the old school guy knew what yep, he was doing. Of course. But I was pissed off that we had to do it at all and that they just hadn't taken my advice or, or what I had brought up several weeks ago and just taking care of that water being able to run out. So I spent the weekend retarping it myself. I'm now a tarping expert. <laughs> <laughs> These guys would come in, they'd tarp and you know, two hours later it was open and it was raining into the house. So and they're not tarping. I guess what you got to do They're tarping. Is, it's you, just not, you got to look at their shoes and see apart. if their laces are tied. Right. If they're not tied, they're not really tarpers, right? So that was my first <laughs> sort of question mark. You know, they went through the demo. They, they did a really good job from what I could see. And, and when I, as a homeowner and you're a contractor, you're sitting there, well, what do you know is a good job or not? I, just to give you some background, I grew up with my dad. I had to learn to drywall before I was allowed to go and play. 
<laughs> was, uh, it's I didn't go into that as a as a living, but you know, I, it was my dad was an electrician, and I had to go pull wires with him on the weekend on his moonlighting job. So I was around construction and renovating everything my dad did around the house. I did with him, so I have at least his standard of what is right and wrong. And a lot of what I was seeing at the beginning of the demo was good. But then it was stuff like this where something that mattered, you know, we wanted to keep that basement because it was finished. They just didn't seem to care. So ultimately and, the basement got damaged? Oh yeah, it got damaged. It, it, you know, we bit the bullet a couple months in. They were like, look, we're going to get three days of uh, sunshine and we want to pull the tarps off and pull the second story. And I was like, you got to go. You got to take a chance, right? Go. But they didn't read tarp at the end of the day. And I went to the house. I'm looking at all the, the new second floor. You're excited. And it was a bright, sunny day. And all of a sudden, the clouds just rolled in like in, uh, like in Forrest Gump. And this freaking storm just, <laughs> this storm just started pouring into the house. Wow. And it started to hail into the house. Oh, man. And I'm there by myself. I get the shop back. I start pulling tarps out on the floor vacuuming like and i'm sitting there the whole time going i shouldn't be doing why am i doing that's this? not your responsibility this, this isn't my job they should have left the site and made sure that in case it rains they should have made it safe like you can only trust the weather network so much and uh they didn't so that was the first thing that really just got it started it sits in the back of your head that they didn't listen to me and I'm the one paying the bills at the end of the day. Yep. So, or had any I respect don't expect for you. you. Yeah, I don't expect you to us to agree on everything, but to come to some conclusion that satisfies both parties. And, and that wasn't the case. So do you want to give up their name and then uh, just tell us right off the mic? Am and I allowed to give up yeah. their name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I know them. <laughs> No, we won't go down that road. Um, okay, so was this the, the most extensive reno that you've ever gone through, you and your wife? Yeah, we had done a couple of, you know, we had rented the house ourselves when we moved in in 2002 after we got married. And then we did... Uh, How was that experience? Well, that was a pain. I mean, you know, you're stripping uh, wallpaper and pulling up uh, old tile and, you know, you're trying... It was, you know, the internet was new. You're trying to make sure that what you're pulling up isn't harmful or, you know, you've got old tiles and... I'm one of those people that tries to think of all that stuff, and that's why I call Carl all the time. But uh, he's, this guy is an amazing contractor. I'm telling you, he's not—he's not even a contractor, but a GC now. Can you give us some insight on what do the bad contractors? What are the little telltales that they do that start to create red flags in you when you're speaking to them? Because me personally, I love this this one thing that happens all the time with other trades. And I know right off the bat, if you're a good trader or a bad trade, just buy what you do in this circumstance. And what I'm talking about is that if you've got to do your job and there's a small hurdle, for example, let's say you need to just put a piece of plywood down or something to get to a certain point, you stop the work and you approach the GC and you ask, how am I supposed to get there? I start to think you're lazy you don't want to problem solve and you don't want to think anything. That's a red flag. I'm not interested in working with you. I'm not going to take you serious now. What are the little red flags that you see when you speak to contractors or when you're on site? I can't even say it's more, you know, I can, I can only speak from the experience with this new build. There are a couple of small things that, well, small things, big things that I realized right away. Uh, we, were, we were having the roof done and 
the roofer came up to me, I happened to be on site and he goes, look, I've talked to your contractor about the valley that's hitting the side of your chimney and it's on your architectural drawings. Now these were drawings that they had for about a year prior to starting and you, you would figure that they would have looked at them and said, hey, there's a valley that the architect drew right into the side of the chimney. So until I approached the, the GC and said, look, we've got to move that valley at least to the back. Like, and now you're, now you're on the fly trying to change the roof line and make yeah. sure that it still looks good. So we moved it to the back of the chimney, which is acceptable. It hits the back, it runs down the side. It just made me think these guys didn't even look at the drawings because not to the week. Well, before. How would you not notice that? Uh, another thing was, you know, we have a 10 foot by 10 foot squared opening. So when you walk into the house, you can see up into the second floor and it's going to have rail glass railing and whatnot. And when we went up there, it's bound by four hallways. The hallway size, you could tell right away we're all different. The, on site, you mean the actual? On site, like built. But on the drawings, they're all symmetrical. No, they're... on the drawings, they were off as well. Okay. And it had to do with the architect having come and measured the main floor fireplace, which when it went into the roof where they could not see or measure, it actually narrowed. Okay. So it changed some rooms by about, uh, you know. <laughs> That's our guest. <laughs> no problem. That's my guess. Uh, so it changed. There were slight differences in the sizes of, of the walk-in closet that you could visually see. You could see that these hallways, something was off. Now, me and my wife were there after hours trying to figure out why the hallways are off, why the sizes are slightly different, why this room is missing four inches. Now you're th thinking four inches, but yeah, it's four inches off the kid's closet or or whatnot and it was just another example of them not looking at it and when we approached them and told them it was almost like he was offended he said yeah well things aren't perfect in a in a reno we knew about that and i said well why didn't you come to us and say this is the issue where do you guys want to lose the room or gain the room so all of a sudden our walk-in closet was just tiny so i gave up my closet in my office which was the back of on the other side of our walk-in to give us a proper walk-in because these cha these small things affected the sizes so much, but they didn't communicate with us. They didn't come to us and say, hey, there's something that's off on the drawings. This is what we can do. Here's choice one, two, three. But you're right. You should have the conversation before the problem occurs, yeah, right? Exactly. So what is the issue here? Because I've, I've seen this and I've, I've been a part of it and I've experienced it, is the number one issue between homeowners and, and contractors is it that lack of communication? Are they afraid to be on site to actually have that conversation with you? I think ours, I can, ours was a bit of an anomaly. These were younger guys. They hadn't done a ton of houses. They did a few. So I guess my question is, why'd you hire them? What was it because about them? Because they were slightly cheaper than other companies. So you, and that was your my decision, first mistake. Your decision was based on money. It shouldn't have been because it wouldn't have affected us. It wouldn't have hurt my bottom line if I had gone with someone more expensive, but... What percentage are we talking about here? 10, 20, 30% less? I could tell you if, if someone had quoted us uh, 600,000 for the reno, these guys were maybe 50 grand cheaper. It's not much. It's not much, but they, everything that they said when we met with them and their understanding of our job was all what we wanted to hear. 
So they're great salespeople. They were very good salespeople, not so great. And they were, they were inexperienced. And Did the, you see big, that or at any point? Well, the big kicker, Carl, was when uh, last July we, we went to Florida and we got a call the, the day before we were leaving. We were taking the kids for summer vacation and they said, hey, the windows are coming on Monday. And at this point, tarping and all those other little things I just mentioned, I, I said, you know what, guys, do you mind if I'm there when the windows come in? It's a big ticket item. It's, you know, 30, 30 plus thousand dollars. Do you guys mind if I'm there? I'd like you guys to hold off. You, can you put it out? No, no, no. We can't wait. It's got to go in. No, come on. You got to wait for that. That's right. Like so they, there was no way. I, even when we landed in Florida, I called the guy and he said, no, we're not changing the date. So I said, fine. Windows went in, got picked up at the airport a week later by my father-in-law. And he goes, uh, I didn't want to ruin your vacation, but all 33 of your windows have issues. Whoa. And I one. said, what are you talking <laughs> All about? All of them? What do you mean issues? As you work with contractors, they have the people they work with. So they, they introduced us to several window companies, one of which they had a really close relationship with. Again, I won't mention who they were. Local company? Local company from <laughs> Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you go through them and they talk you down the road that you, you know, they know their, their products or whatnot. And, uh, it was their installers. Basically they used the drywall returns and screwed in the windows with them instead of using plywood blocks and the clips. Whoa. So literally throughout the house, every single drywall return was damaged and the frames were screwed through. I couldn't believe my eyes. So what I did was I called the contractor from the house. Hey, Scott, I haven't been to the house yet. How do the windows look? Oh, man, they look great. You're going to love them. <laughs> yet I was at the house looking at this gong show. He's playing you for stupid. The problem with me was I knew more than the average homeowner. You know? Uh, and so where's he at? The bar? He's at the cafe? Yeah, he's, I don't know where he's, he was. You know, he, you know where pra he, practicing his uh, speech. He is know. not on site. So I asked, so, you know, it came to a head and we had a meeting on Monday. I called him and I, I had him over there. And I mean, some windows hadn't been, fra the, the openings hadn't even been framed yet. So they put the windows in with plywood boxes. And I said, where's the framing? Oh, we're going to back frame. How can you drive a two by four into a steel lintel when there's a window underneath it? Is that a term? You can't. Back frame? It is apparently. I've heard it a lot. I've never heard of that. Back framing. Back framing? I've never heard of that. Someone yeah, enlighten me. That, like, that's usually a one sign for me what? is that you want they want to get a, a deposit. Can somebody for send me another a link? part of the contract by saying, "Well, the windows are done, so I want to collect 15 that's, grand." That's 100% what it is, man. But someone's got to tell me the uh -huh. Wikipedia page that has the back framing. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a word I've heard it a few times. I've never it's, heard it. And that I don't before. like the word I've never heard of it, actually. I've never heard of it. So that, if you man. want to talk about backframing, what I started noticing was, you know, <laughs> we, 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 pay, we paid it's X horrible. amount of dollars, according to our contract, for framing and framing the house. And we were told the framing was done. But then while walking around a week later, you're saying, hey, wait a second, that wall is not, the pantry's not done. This isn't done. Oh, that's an extra five grand. Okay. So where? You, so you, From so where? Land of Oz? Well, when uh, mistake number two, don't get a contract which is cost plus. Oh, it benefits them, doesn't benefit benefits you. Benefits them completely. 
So we paid the five grand, and then a week later, you're walking around, and you're like, wait a second. And I'm thinking way ahead now. You know, this has to be done. That has to be done. We're still not done the framing. So what I started to notice was when, they're pay when you're paying the trades that they're bringing in to frame the house, that's paid. Then they want to get, at least these guys wanted to get, because I don't want to paint every contractor as a bad guy. They want to get their uh, $55 an hour crews in as much as possible. So they were always leaving something out. When we paid for the chimney, we extended the house to nine feet. So we blocked up to nine feet and we had to pull the chimney higher, obviously, because of the second floor. We paid for the chimney. Months after we had parted ways with these guys, I'm going up on the roof and the flues aren't done. Just stuff left out, left incomplete, because they were going to come back to us and say, hey, we still need to do this. And hoping that we would just wow. eat it. Long story short, we parted ways with them over the windows. The manufacturer got involved and we got a full refund for our windows. When all was said and done, there was about six grand on the table, which I said goodbye to because I'm not going to court over it. There were some nasty emails and lawyer letters sent back. We didn't get a lawyer. They did. And uh, it went nowhere. I took over the job. Now, uh, I know how to do work really well, but I take my time. <laughs> and uh, my wife's ready to shoot me. But we're at the stage where it's turning a corner and we should be done in a few months. So you started I say this Christmas, she says September. Really? Yeah. She's optimistic. Yeah. So you started this process when? Just, when was o the first? just over a year ago. Just over a year ago it's on a second floor addition. Yeah. First, first and second floor. So we gutted the first floor. Yeah, yeah. still though. It's the second floor. But you're still, I'm still running into what I call presence from these guys. Yeah. Well, I like that term. You know, they knocked down the kitchen wall to build a new curtain wall of windows on it and they didn't level it. My window guy comes in, he puts in the windows perfectly square. Now the siding comes in and the siding is not lining up in the middle because the two windows are out of level by half an inch, not because of the window installer, but because the two bottom plates are not level. So the window has to come out, have to chop out the bottom plate, put another a smaller plate in, stuff like this. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The biggest one. It's funny you say that because that's exactly what I've heard from a lot of homeowners. Yeah, and, th and this is the one where, ways. where uh, you know, usually when you call Carl, he takes a few days. He's a busy guy. Uh, this was the time I got a phone call back in like five minutes was when I found a three and a half inch by three and a half inch HSS post hanging off of the retaining wall downstairs. The drawing for our house, this carries a huge load, was uh, to place this post in the middle of the block wall, as you would imagine. And you built around it. They put a side plate on it with four bolts, and the post itself was only on the wall by an inch and a quarter. I sent Carl a picture saying, hey, this doesn't look right. Can you give me your five cents? He called me back right away and said, hey, man, this is dangerous. You need to get the inspector back in there. Engineer. You need to get an engineer in there. The inspector, lo and behold, called the contractor who said, we built a pocket, put non-shrink in it, and put the four pegs in it. I told him on site, Mr. Inspector, those four bolts are sitting in the hollow of the cinder block. It's not hard to work out where they hit. He said, I have to take his word for it. That inspector passed it twice. I called my own engineer in who, wow. who said, you've got to bring up a smaller post from the basement, catch this overhang, 
and put a footing downstairs, which we did, and had it welded. But this guy's out there building houses, which... Uh, Off mic, you got to tell me who this is. I don't yeah, want you to tell I me will, on mic, but right, right now we got to do another segment. And Carlito, what is it this time? Building Code Talk. Honestly, Mark, that was a fascinating... Like, I've heard a lot oh, of Oh, we're coming stories. back to this. No, no, we got lots to come back to. So, I'm sorry, what are we doing? Building Code Talk with Manny. I want to ask you, Mark... Uh, Carlito might have the answer for this too as well. I'm not exactly sure. What can happen if you don't pull a permit from the Ontario Building Code? Someone want to just give me yeah. one or two uh, or anything? Shut, There's a few things down, that can shut happen. Down and find. <laughs> no, yeah. So uh, off chance, the code enforcement authorities flag these violations. Homeowners can face homeowners can face fines and penalties that far exceed the cost of the actual original permit. Because we know for a typical rental permit. It's about one, two thousand, depending on what part of the city you're at. For a new build, you're about eight, nine grand for a new build, depending on where you are in the city and the size of the structure, right? If you don't do it, if you don't pull it, you actually may be required, like the DIYers and the contractors, to tear the work out. Wow. You may be asked to and do it all over again. And if I can interrupt, there's even a third case scenario. And something goes wrong, like a flood or a fire, and you go to try to get your insurance company to I'm pay for it. I'm getting to that. Does homeowners insurance cover unpermitted no. work? It does no. not. No. It does not. And if you do have a fire, you do have a flood, you do have anything that damages the structure, you call your insurance. They're going to ask you for that permit number. And if you don't have one, you're left out. Well, and can I add one more thing? Not only that, but once the mortgage company finds out that you and didn't I was pull just a permit to that point. <laughs> and you don't have a permit. Can I sell my house with an unpermitted work? No, you're still responsible. You're still you, responsible. You can. You can. But you have to notify yeah. the new seller that it was not permitted and they take the responsibility. So you're basically passing the buck at that point. Now, that brings up to my next point. But, but I'd like to say... The insurance company, once they call the mortgage company, the mortgage company, which is the bank, will seize your property and take your biggest investment away from you. Do I have to disclose did unpermitted work? Do I have to disclose that when I'm selling my property? Yes. Yes. You are legally obligated to disclose all unpermitted work you are aware of, even if it's from prior owners. Make sure to communicate everything you know about unpermitted work on your property, withhold information from potential buyers, and you've got a potential lawsuit on your hands. How do you get around building permits? How do you get around building permits? The best, this, this, <laughs> this, this, this I thought was this, hilarious. This is a good this, one. This is a good one. I thought this one was hilarious. Best way to get around the codes in the build as far back as possible out of sight. And only have walk-in access you park at the gate. Because get this. This is true. This the, is an actual fact? The, yeah, this is true. The inspectors have to have probable cause. See something for them to have the right to enter your property. So you have to hide the work. You have to hide the work. And that's how you get around the permit. That's what you got to do. So if they don't see it, they can't officially... Mm -hmm. uh, Give you a fine. Okay, but we all know that this is government. This is exact. They're telling you that if you don't see it, hmm. that's the dumbest thing. How I've do ever you how do you sleep at night? <laughs> just the like, dumbest thing ever. Why not heard. just spend a thousand? You want to hide it? It reminds me of the recent party that just happened in Brampton, where they had a screen in the backyard to hide people right, right. from that. There was two hundred people on this property, right? I'm like, come on, man. Why don't you just go through the proper channels? Yeah, I thought these were interesting. It's not necessarily building code directly, but it's permit re related, and I thought that was interesting. Mm. That was 
Building Code Talk with Manny. <laughs> no, and you know what? That is really interesting. And um, I keep seeing this over and over again. People say, hey, can you do this reno? And I say, We're gonna, I, I only work with a permit. And they say, oh, well, can we get around that? And I'm like, yeah, you can get around that by paying it. <laughs> like, like if you Applying want, if it, you want me to scheduling inspections, if you want me to do yeah. that, the, the, the point to the point to this is, and I just want to take a second on it. I tell my friends this all the time. So when COVID first started, they shut down all the permit offices. Yes. So I had friends that already had existing permits open and all their customers were saying to all my friends, just finish the job. And my buddies are calling me up and I've got like the phone's ringing nonstop. It's like COVID fucking enterprises over here. Like I have to answer these questions <laughs> that COVID everybody already knows. Okay. one so They're true. like, Hey Carlito, you know, I'm thinking about finishing this job and closing it up, but I'm going to do it off the books. Can't. They're going to pay me, but they're going to do it. And I said, listen, your wife, if she divorces you, guess what she's going to do? She's going to take everything you own. These people, you don't even know them and you're going to take their word you know what? Trust is good, but no trust is better. Trust me on this. <laughs> Do not take the chance. Yeah. You know what? Walk away from the job or get them to sign off on it. Take the loss now. The loss is you're walking away and you lost a customer versus the inspector shutting you down, giving you a fine and a whole bunch of debt. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to Mark. Sorry. I got excited and, there. And talking about, <laughs> so you actually walked away from this job. You, you fired them. They went away. Yeah. There was a little dispute between what was left to always. You know them. what it was? They, uh, they were really good friends with that window company. We found out. And they chose them over us. So they, uh, they actually initiated the breakup. They wow. said to us, we can't work with you anymore. It's broken. And I said, why? Because we question you. We have, we, when we ask questions, you don't have the answers. That was basically it. Can I ask, yeah. how did you find them? Through the architect. And the architect is, uh, they're, they're a good company. They're new. They're in Etobicoke here on uh, Queensway and uh, busy office. They so they do, were they recommended. Good work. They were did the recommended. Did the architect give you the option of, here, go speak to three contractors? Or here. We had spoken to a few others who we knew through my wife's business, and they would have done a better job in retrospect. But their prices were a little higher. They were a little higher, and... You know, one deterrent was they not only were they a little higher, they made it sound like it could be even higher than that. So mm-hmm. you're thinking, Jesus, what am I going to get into? Is Are they going to just go high end on us on everything? And, you know, I, I guess looking back, you as a homeowner, you have to realize you have on finishes and everything. You've got the control over what you want. You know, if you want to go with a cheap tile, you can go with a cheap tile. That's generally not the case. What they want to do not is the case. Right? They want to show you the more expensive stuff. Right. Because they're getting a piece of it, so to speak. Yeah. Every GC makes at least 15% of whatever happens in that, in that house. Well, that's how it works. But the thing is, I think the problem, the disconnect is that you have to answer every single question. That's it. What's the point of avoiding questions? If you ask a question from the homeowner who's paying you your bills, answer it. If you don't have the answer, say that you don't have the answer and I will get back to you with that answer. How about this? How clear was the contract? It was very clear. Uh, did it have stipulations in it? Was it like, did you know what you were getting paid for room by room? Or was yeah. it kind of like yeah, just... We did. Yeah, we did. And, and we made it clear to them. My, my wife's a pretty savvy businesswoman. And uh, she made it clear to them that, hey, we wanted to come under budget on most of these items. For a few of them, we did. But, 
you know, like I said, all of this extra charging and extra framing after the fact, you know, they had their own dumpster. They didn't or hire a company and have a dumpster that gets put in your driveway. They had their own. They had one of those trucks that, with the takeaway. And they were going to the dump every couple of days when sometimes it wasn't even a quarter full, like the night before. And in the morning, they're going to the dump and then you're getting hit with all these charges. So I start catching on to, wow. you know, they're, they're making it look like they're just, you know, dumping, dumping all the time. I actually started keeping a calendar of how many guys were on site, who was doing what work was done each day. That's how, how deep the distrust got right before the window. But the thing is, you started doing yeah. that because you started seeing all these requests for payments that were above and beyond the original they scope. Didn't line up and when we asked, you know, they made it sound like they were doing us a favor and were they quite frankly they were acting like they were insulted that uh we would even question anything. And it wasn't like an accusation. It was just, you know, hey, for instance, uh I, I would say, hey, you know, you guys had like six guys on site yesterday. What'd you guys do? Oh, we uh, framed in the uh, mudroom. Six like, guys? That's it? I go, and so I said straight up to the, con to the GC, I said, look, if there's not enough work for six guys, I don't want to see six guys there. Just comments like that. They're hard to make. And you know So he's that trying to justify paying labor on a daily rate. Yeah. And you're doing a scope of work for that day that's not requesting six guys. Yeah. And they're trying to justify this? Like, how does that work? I don't understand. That's why as a GC, me, if I hire somebody and I start seeing them drag their feet, right. I speak up before the client speaks up. Absolutely. I don't care if I come across as the bad guy. The point is that if you have somebody on site, you're supposed to work. You have your breaks and you have your lunch, but in between, you work. When that window fiasco came down, I said to him, I go, you had a three-day install on these windows. How many of those three days were you here? We're paying you 18%. How many of those three days were you here? And he admitted he was only there for the first day. And I said, even on the first day, you should have been next to those guys and checked the first window going in. And when you saw what they saw, it would have been one ruined window out, of, the second, out of 33. The, third, prep. the next 32 yeah, should exactly. have been done right. Yeah, exactly. But you didn't do your job. That's bottom line. They didn't fulfill their duty. So I started feeling like I had to be there and looking over their shoulders at every step. And I didn't want to be doing that because I know how much I like it when I, somebody's checking up on me if I'm doing it. But they're, you know, that's the right of the client at the same time. You have every right. You're paying the bills. I have no problem watching anybody watching me. I there, don't care about I've it. I've made mistakes in my job or I've had a bad supplier and a sign has come on site. I had one last year. It was a disaster. I got on the phone and called that client right away because I'd be damned if she walked out and saw all of yep. those mistakes without me having told her. How does that make you look? Exactly. And these guys were constantly just brushing it under the rug, basically. So, yeah, we got a, we got a good one. So I had, a, I had a good, another good friend of ours. He called me up for a quote on a second floor edition. Right. And I gave him a, a, a price with no extras. So I said, it's 560000 I'm going to give you all my breaks. I'm yeah. not going to make a penny off of anything. And when it comes to material, pick out what you want. This is the budgets you have in, in all these areas. And you can use every single discount I have. Right. I priced for 560000 which was really tight. Like It was like, That's no, cheap. no yeah. mistakes. I'm going to make money, but I can't make any mistakes. Absolutely. And it has to be organized, and it has to be on schedule which we know in construction, every trade surprises you with something. 
my friends decided not to go with me and I felt, okay, that's great. You know what? I may not lose a friend this yeah, way. It's, it's almost a relief, right? Yeah. Because money and friends don't mix always. Yeah. He said, I got another quote and I got a guy that's going to do it for half a million. I said, did he say any extras? Cause I'm not giving you any extras. Like every, I mean the extras are in there, but there will be no extras above and beyond that price. He's like, no, half a million. He's going to do everything. He's now at like 660,000. Right. Yeah. And the house isn't get done. Guess what? Guess what I'm doing? I'm doing free work at his house. Because Why? He's one of my best friends. Why are you doing free work? Cause I would do it anyways. He, there's other things he would do for me. Um, when I need something repaired on my vehicle, he, he helps me out without a, without a question. I right. won't do that for anyone. I'm just saying in this particular, I went in as, as a business. They said no to me as, uh, as clients, the same story. They felt that they found someone that had met that budget and it was yeah. closer to their dream and more realistic for them. But at the end, it's nonstop extras, like just extras after right, extras right. and, and, you know, right now they have a brand new porch and, you know, the guy calls me up and he's like, Hey dude, this was poured like three months ago and I got a pressure crack uh -oh. right across. I'm like, your footing's washed out. He's like, what? And I'm like, you got a washed out footing guaranteed. If it's collapsing on yeah. your porch, now it's a $25,000 fix. You can't just lipstick this stuff and it's ongoing problems from quick, cheap jobs, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So, Mark, moving forward, if you were to do it all over again or you guys have another house and you're going to renovate again, you learned your lessons. Absolutely. I had a client recently tell me that it was basically an education and he's still paying tuition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, that's good. and I thought that was a great expression, too, yeah. because, yeah, you guys as homeowners learn by working with the bad contractor. We're not saying that every contractor that's going to be cheaper or the cheapest is going to be the bad because there's well-established contractors out there that will take on a job and do a shit job or maybe give it to their third string or fourth string or whatever it is. And then they don't care about the job right. Then it becomes a nightmare at that point. So I think you're only as good as the current job you're working on and the job that you leave. That's all it is, right? Yeah, so but you can't really judge that though. Like one, you, you're up, you're pretty well a high end guy. Mid to high end, man. Okay, but you're pretty much a high end. I built end guy. a little shack. You What's built, wrong with you, man? You built a, yeah, a hundred thousand dollar shack. <laughs> um, so he does a lot of custom stuff. It's like very eccentric people that really, you know, know they're what they normal want. People. What's wrong and with they, you? And they have they they're they're getting their dream list. And a lot of people can't right. afford to do those things. I always look at people and I always ask them what kind of car they want. That way it kind of gives me a feel. So if I know someone wants a, a really cheap car. I know what to buy for that sure. budget. And we talked about this before. Honesty with homeowners and contractors goes both ways. The homeowner being really honest and open-minded to spending a little bit more where, but how does the contractor educate their homeowner? Yeah. How would you move forward with another contractor now? Would you choose? The first thing I do is knock the house down. <laughs> I wouldn't spend time. It's not always the best option because planing joists zoning. and all this other stuff. I know, but yeah, zoning. yeah, for sure. You know, the one there was one advantage to that is that we were classified as a reno, so there were you know the gas was on, you could heat without exactly. You know, there were a lot of there were a lot of pluses to it. We didn't have to put in an HRV system. All this exactly. Stuff. Yeah, there were there were pluses to that. I've gotten an education. I, what I've taken out of it is personal satisfaction. I've been sitting in front of, of a computer for the last twenty years, so 
having to work with my hands and you know when you build something there's a satisfaction in it how would you move forward if i had to do it again would you be the gc i, I have a realistic idea in my mind now of what this costs which sitting down i think a lot of contractors who are new i would say like those guys they just want to get the job they want to get the job they want to get paid they want to move on to the next job but if you have someone who's trying to be budget conscious, it is more difficult to, to get the job done. Thousand percent. I, I will give them that, but the issues that I had were not budget related. They, they were, were workmanship they're, they're and, workmanship scheduling, and scheduling and just and proper etiquette, communication. Yeah, but, but I think the most important for me is, and I always say this, is that everyone that I hire, if it's an employee or if it's a sub, whatever you start, finish it. And then we'll move on to the next stage. Like guys Absolutely. just are not finishing yeah. and asking for a completion. Like uh, they want their money for something they never finished. Like if, if you wouldn't have moved forward with the windows, you may have saw that the pantry wasn't an extra and you know, sure. And, and this is also not just for you. Like you're sharing this to save someone else that's listening to this, not to get into that same position. Right. It's unfortunate. A lot of people, you know, they don't know enough because there are, I'm going to say this and no offense to present company, but there are a lot of contractors out there. There's so many, you know, the hardest thing for me now who as having taken over the job is you see five stucco guys. They all know how to talk the talk. They all know what to say to you. How do you know? The, the best thing to do is to go and see their work. Go ask for their houses, ask for references, go see their work. I don't know if that's actually the fail safe because we've talked about this before where I, I personally don't like sending potential clients to past clients because it's disrupting their lives. Yeah. And like I said, that job may have been perfect. Everything may have been exactly aligned the way it's supposed to be. And I think that we joke about it. Don't buy a car on Fridays or whatever. Like don't like there's certain things or and, Mondays or whatever it is. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think a contractor, I've said this over and over, yeah, we've got a business and we got to keep mouths fed and we've got a team and we work and we got to keep them moving. So we'll try to get as much work as possible. But the thing is, if you start spreading yourself too thin and then you start taking on another job and it turns out like shit, that's your reputation at that point. And you know what, Manny, that, that's true because a, lot, a few guys that have gone through, you know, Stucco was one. We had to put Stucco on hold. This guy came recommended from a guy who, a family friend who owned a Stucco company. When I got the two names from him, I thought, I don't need to go look at these guys because it came from so-and-so. They did our original Stucco in 2012, and it was amazing. These two old Italian men showed up. I called my wife and said, these guys aren't going to be able to get up the scaffolding. But they did <laughs> such a beautiful job. <laughs> it was second to none. Craftsman. So when we got this name, this guy's crew was so terrible. The job they were doing, the mess they were making around the house. I had to stop them because the, is it Duroc, the, the puck system, the yeah. panels are falling off. Well, that's off. one system. They're not, it's one yeah. system. They're, they're actually not even, they're falling off the house after these guys left at five o'clock. They didn't adhere them properly. I said, you got what crew did you give me here, right? And he goes, look, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. So I'll bring you a new crew. So he, wait, he so acknowledged you, the mistake. So you hired the old school Italian guys, but no, they sold their company, and this was one of the guys. 
Wow. So highly recommended is, is my point. And uh, you find out that his, that was his A crew. But, you know, how many times has he gotten away with this? That's Homeowner, what I mean. Homeowners aren't going up that's, on the roof and the, looking to check I mean. if the panels are sticking to the wall, right? That's what I mean, right? So, I mean, the biggest compliment I've ever gotten from any clients is that I'm always on site every single day. And that's you, huge. You, that's huge to communicate because yeah. you want to be there. And I get compliments from the trade saying it's kind of refreshing to have a GC here to answer a question. You know what, Manny, you just to brought get... it to light. If, if I had to answer your question a second time, the GC has to do his job. The yeah. GC has to be there and On watching over everybody yes. and telling them the mistakes they're making and fix this and make sure so the homeowner doesn't have to do it. But the GC is also there problem solving, trying to figure out because right. no project goes perfectly. Sure. There's always speed bumps. There's always an issue yeah. and it has to be addressed. And guys are there for their day to do work. And if you can't answer their question or assist them in some way or get to the client to get the answer or move forward, then the job doesn't work. And then the guys just kind of wipe their hands from it and leave it temporarily there and then they forgot it. I agree with you. That's why I've joked about cafe GCs. They'd rather be at the coffee shop and just doing everything on the laptop and going from there. There yeah. are a lot of GCs that love the office. Do not love the job site. Mm -hmm. I love the job site. I, I'm the kid who's looking in the square window on a big excavation on a condo downtown, and I'm mesmerized by that TV image, right? Like, I just look right. in. I'm on a job site, and you'll see me standing there just staring. It's not that I've lost my marbles. I'm paying attention. I'm looking at everything that's going on there to try to figure out where's the next problem. Right to solve it before it happens. My wife has said uh, you should uh, you should become a city inspector because I'm one of those guys. When I when I see a sign go up in my business, I'm I'm not looking at how good it looks. It can look great from a distance. You go up close and see yeah. how how was the paint done? Is every screw put in? Are there holes where they missed a screw? Where That's did they the cut? type of person yeah. I am. In the same breath, they got the worst customer. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, no, I, th no. I think they Actually, got they the best customer. They just treated them incorrectly. That's all it is, right? So I love educated customers, and I love customers that will ask questions well, over and over. refreshing to hear. That's the way it's supposed to be. I Okay, we're going to do Carlito's Green Book Talk. Oh. We got to do... Carlito's Green Book Talk, and then I've got a little game that Come I want to play. Come on, say it again. I want Carlito's Green Book Talk, <laughs> and then I want to play a little game because since I've got a homeowner and I've got a contractor, and I'll be mediator. Yeah, uh -oh. <laughs> I still have lots to add. I've been like shutting up here. Yeah, Manny, I like yeah. it. Manny's actually, on a rant today. I kind of like it. I kind of like Carlito. Shut, Shut up. up. <laughs> Carlito's um, Green Book Talk now. Uh, so you know the game? No, I don't. Okay, so <laughs> just, uh, just we, say five fifty. So. We, we, I basically ask questions. This is a first offense. So we're going over many different scenarios on a job site. So okay. I'm pretending I'm an inspector and I'm coming on your site and this is an infraction and you're going to guess what your first penalty will be on the first fine. 450. So, uh, <laughs> worker, uh, worker without, uh, prescribed qualifications, operating crane or similar hoist device. So you know, you're pulling something on a flat roof, right. like at an air conditioning. Now, you don't have that. What do you think the inspector would charge you for the first offense? Uh, 550? <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> Sometimes it's not good to trust hang the on, contractor. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> it's 250. 
Dude, come on. It's 250. No. <laughs> and it, by yeah. the way, that's under section 150-1. <laughs> okay. okay. So, I mean, it's, it's simple things. You think you hire a crane company to do something right, and if they don't have their paperwork, not only do they get a fine, you get a fine. Okay. And that was Carlito's... Green Book Talk. Wow, I like the drums. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to Mark and Carlito here. So what I want to do is I want to ask you, Mark, and you tell Carlito, and vice versa, Carlito, I want you to tell Mark, what is it that you dislike about GCs? First thing that comes to your mind. And what is it that you dislike about homeowners? First thing that comes to your mind. When they smoke on site and leave their oh, cigarette butts oh, everywhere. I hate that one. Well, Can't stand I'm, it. On, I'm on that with you. I don't even like smokers on the site. Yeah, I don't even that, like smokers. That's not your question. That's not your question. Okay, what, <laughs> I, have a question I have a question for you. No, what don't you like about homeowners? Uh, what I don't like about homeowners is why do homeowners want to rush the project and get it done yesterday instead of doing right. the footwork, organizing and scheduling accordingly so that you're not rushing someone in and out of the project? Mm. Mark, what do you like about GCs? Well, I haven't had an experience where I could say I like anything about GC, but... Uh, Wait a like second, you like me, you call me all do, the time. Do you like, yeah, the, no, it, do you like the sub-trades more? I like... He, he's not my GC, but when I call Carl, he gives me three or four... Options. Good options. Tells me what he would do, but allows me a window to, to take for two different directions, three different directions. What adhesive do I use on the subfloor, Carl? <laughs> well, if it were me. And you know what? I made my own decision at the end, but at least it gave me an opportunity to eliminate. And uh, Did you, you know, use Portuguese luck? I used Sika. Sika? Excellent product. Mm. Yeah. Portuguese still uses it. A little bit of flexibility. <laughs> uh, what, okay, so what don't uh, you... Uh, so I would like a GC who, who gives options. That's perfect, because they're supposed to. Yeah. We're supposed I, to educate. I, listen, I get that GCs have their relationships and they like using those same people over and over. But sometimes those people don't connect with the clients that you work with. Sometimes they need to build a different kind of house. Maybe you need a different product. You can't be putting the exact same windows in every single house because that's that's not realistic. Right. No way clients are going to Well, your customer's like, not going to be the same in every exactly house. exactly it. Unless you are building track division or whatever and all that crap. That's different. I like, I like tilt and turn. Not every person's going to have that. Who I wants to spend three to five thousand like, dollars a window? I dislike tilt and turn Canadian See version. See what I'm saying? Canadian That's why we're different. I, I like, like television. You don't. I like the <laughs> I like the German version of tilt and turn. I don't like the Canadian version. I have of tilt the and German turn. version. Okay, then then, then I like those. <laughs> okay, come on, ask my question. Come on. No, I'm asking Mark. So, <laughs> what else don't you like about contractors? What they do on site? The one thing that my dad pumped into me when we did some kind of job was. The three stages of the job. What's that? Get to the job and set up, do the job, and clean up. Yeah, that's amazing. And when amazing. you don't clean up, it tells me a lot. My wife and I had a running joke at the house. There was so much rubble left in the corners of the house after demo, we swept it into a big pile. About half this table we're sitting at. Wow. And we waited to see how long it took them to put it in the garbage. It sat there for two months. Oh my God! Yeah. So it's really ironic. We even swept it for them. It's That's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's ironic because they have their own bin dump. Yeah, exactly. And yet right? they're they're leaving so, that there. So you see where the animosity. You start to question. 
different things because of different things that they're doing. I, I, it's not I, just the, th- the That's big a thing. huge tell. For me, if you're a contractor and you do that's your job and Mark. you don't clean up after yourself, I already know what kind of contractor that you are. Yes. You're one lazy mofo. Yep. That's all it is. And yep. I'm not interested in working with you. Yep. If I have to work with you because someone else has chosen you, then I will work with you. But you are not going to get the best version of Manny. Hey, yeah. do you know how many inspectors have walked off the site because they can't walk on? I don't know anybody. I don't, yeah. Personally, that's not happened to me because no, my sites, heard, like I generally speaking, people. are clean. And mine too. Okay, what do I want to say? What don't you? What do you like about homeowners? What I do like about homeowners is that this is kind of going to be hard for me because I've got one or two. I've got several that I, I actually like homeowners for this many reasons. This isn't confession, eh? Okay, so <laughs> the big the big one for me would be that when I finish a stage. I don't have to ask for my money. I get that money yeah. before I have yeah. to ask. Yeah. It's like getting a raise. You don't ask for a raise. You get a raise. Yeah. So same thing. I like that one. Yeah. I like that one. What is your biggest gripe about framers? Firing in too many nails where they don't need to be. They we just had, going ballistic we with had nails? a few split trusses that didn't need to be split. And I looked at them and uh, they were split because they're at the guy fired off his uh, round of machine gun nails and. <laughs> Split, split the trust. So they're yeah. eye joists, right? Yeah. Well, we all know how many nails you're supposed to put right. on the top and the bottom, right? Yeah. And this they, guy just went ballistic? Why don't you yeah. tell us, Manny? Or in the, no, <laughs> I won't. Yeah, and then there were, we're having a framer on Thursday. And then there were too few nails in our uh, subfloor eye, eye joists. So we had an uh, orchestra of squeaks, which only now I've uh, come to... Wait a minute. Nails in the plywood subfloor? In the eye joists where they're meeting uh, the, the beams. No glue in the hangers. That was also the framer's job. Luckily, the MyTech hangers have those three holes in the bottom. If you take some, uh, you can manage to still gun your glue into it after the fact. Know, but, you, but you're supposed yeah. to do it before you saddle it, Yeah, right? well, I was doing it after to get rid of the squeaks, and I managed to. And no nails in the uh, dimples at the bottom to the 45 angles at the bottom of the... Uh, this is basic 101 framing. Saddle. Which we'll get into a lot on Thursday when we have a framer on. Inconsistency, because yeah. it was done in some places and it wasn't in others. So you're in one room. It what made great. you notice that? The squeaks, squeaking floor. But, and and wow. you as a homeowner, you've got Still new construction. Starting. You got new construction Brand going new construction. on. Brand new construction. And all of a sudden, you're hearing squeaks, and I'm like, "Come on, man!" And the subfloor that I worked on, which was planing the old joists, is like walking. On, Solid, on a cloud. concrete. And you're upstairs and you're like, I just paid for this new second floor and half of it's squeaking. Now, so it's taken me some time to figure out, you know, some phone calls to my tech as well. But I, I <laughs> always told you to whatever you screw, which is the same thing as nail, glue, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, screw or nails, you always glue. Yeah. So what happened? Did you not, you weren't there when they were doing it? Is that what no, happened? No, I mean, you're, I wasn't supposed to be there, right? Yeah. It wasn't. They, yeah, you're not I supposed to be. You're them. right. You're right. But, you know, months later, my one son's bedroom was just crazy squeaking. I went and drove in nails on t- screws on top. It didn't it didn't remedy anything. And then I started noticing a few things. The I-beams being cut too short. A few, few different situations on different uh, joists. Some of the hangers were not put tight enough against the I-beam. The nails missing and inconsistent gluing in the saddle have you ever seen videos online or just on another job site of watching a framer who he or she actually knows what they're doing and they'll take an lvl and set up all those hangers and just it's so fucking beautiful yeah 
to see well, the that's workmanship. What, that's what I imagined that this as because <laughs> you know these guys are supposed to know it's supposed to go in like a, a like a piece of art. Yeah, right? yeah, it's like extremely like a piece of art. It's yeah. it's magical to see them put the hangers, get it all ready, double, triple, quadruple ply the LVL and get it all ready, sure. and then put it into place and then saddle each one. Man, it's like it's art. Did you accept these guys mostly because they were available? No, we didn't rush them. We uh, they were actually bugging us to get started because uh, they had an opening. My wife and I are a little bit of procrastinators. Like if we're picking a floor, we want to take our time and pick the right floor. The one thing I didn't like about the contractor experience, and it has nothing to do with them, was how quickly they're trying to push you into decisions. But I felt these guys weren't really helping us make the decisions. They, so, I, I know exactly you know what you're talking what I mean? about. Like, the conversation is more about, more about trying to steer you to make their job the easiest, quickest, yes. problem-solved solution. Move Not on necessarily to the next what text. we want. And I know. would just stand there. And I've had these meetings recently. I've had these meetings recently where the client's there and trades are there. And I'm standing there. And I'm, I'm hearing this with my right ear. And my left ear, I'm hearing the client. You can, you can sense it. The client wants more time to think about it and want some more options. Right. So I'm interrupting the two, and I'm basically, listen, Darth Vader, you guys yeah. are going to hold back a little bit, and we're going to let Anakin decide. And I'm like, this is his house. It's his custom, whatever room it's it is. It's his biggest investment. It's, it's his yeah. money. He does not get, it's not a game show. All right. There's no lifeline to call and he has to do the decision right now. I go, go home, speak to your wife, speak to your kids, speak to your neighbor, whatever. Go online. You make the decision when you're ready to make the decision. And then you get this look of defeat from the trades. And I'm like, dude, it's his. They just want to get it done. And I understand that. But like you said, at the end of the day, it's we're living with it's your house. It's your house, your dollars, your money. You live there. They don't. They'll take pictures, use it as the next job. The thing is, it's your house. I keep on trying to tell people it's your house. You ha- you're building someone's home. It's funny you say that because you and me have been talking about hardwood flooring lately. And we're talking yeah. about uh, uh, veneers, how thick they are, yeah. what you can do with it, the options in the long run, the advantages, the dis- like off-gassing. Like we've been talking about like yeah. you're actually doing, you're doing a better, like in my eyes, you're doing a better job than most GCs I know. Thank you. And it's shameful because you should have never had to go through that experience. This should have been the most enjoyable experience. You guys should have already been in the house. You know, these contractors just trying to get a couple extra bucks off you could have had so many more of your friends and family. Sure. And they could have already started another project yeah. that would have paid them still. That's what they seem to have forgotten because every client that they're working with has the potential to introduce you to the next client. One thing that I'm still scratching my head about is about two weeks in, I said to them, you know, like I said, the demos, they were going through it really quick and they supported all the exterior walls and it looked like they were doing a really good job. And I said to them, hey, do you guys have a sign? Do you guys want to put a sign up? No, 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 no we're fine. No, don't worry about that. Hmm. They had a construction fence. The construction fence just stayed packed at the side of the house for the duration of their demo that never went up around our property. And I thought, aren't you supposed to put that up? Did they yeah, have signage on their vehicles? Nope. No signage on their no vehicles. No signage on their vehicles. You're not proud of your business? I've but got, they all had new uh, F-150s. I, I've, got, I've got a few decals on yeah. my van. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole fucking van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and that's about you being proud about your brand. Yes, I'm and, not afraid and of it. And you believe in everything. And you know, you were saying something that 
a lot of times I almost don't want to have a designer unless I'm stumped. Right now, I'm going to have Jackie come to Hamilton with me to talk to a customer because hey, Jackie. She, one of my customers wants to use real wood uh, oh, yeah. for her cabinets. And I'm not a real wood guy. I yeah. like paint. That's just who I am. So instead of me giving them the wrong decision, I said, listen, I'm going to tell you and show you what I want or what I'm offering to you, but I'm going to bring in a designer because I feel that that my relationship will be better with you if you have some sure. options ahead. But what I'm leading to is even Manny, he's gone through so many materials. You kind of find what works and what doesn't and what's a callback and what isn't. Yeah. And I'm not picking it to, to like when I tell a customer what I like, it's what is really going to prevent me from coming back and fixing something that I already put in. I'd rather come back in to do an, a new addition or a new bathroom. I don't want to come in for the same work. So kind of going back to that conversation, I think it's really important that he wasn't rushing through, but he had a reason why he was pushing that product. I know, but the thing is, okay, so just to kind of clarify it a little bit more, it was a particular plumbing fixture brand. Mm-hmm. And the the plumber was more interested in choosing a simpler install product over a more complicated install product and even when i and and i know but when i saw the the more complicated one because that's exactly where the client ended up going with i was impressed with it because i was looking at it going that's interesting i've never seen that rain head designed that Mm. way instead of thinking this is difficult and it's going to take me longer to install i'm like thinking I can't wait to finish this and put it together because I want to see how it's going to work. Right. I'm more challenged. I go back to that construction window, peeking in, looking at the, the pit. Yeah. I want to learn how to do it. So, I mean, like we're doing a house right now where it's going to be all Hans Grohe fixtures. And I haven't done that. I've done a few Hans Grohe fixtures and I'm like, ch- I'm challenged. I want to, like we're going through the manual, we're checking out certain things and I'm like, I want to try this out. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it even in my business, when a client, you know, comes up with something new, I don't try to steer them away no. from it. I, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, well, it's, it's something higher end. It's something I've never worked with before. And, you know, let's see what kind of, you know, you're getting better results with it possibly, or you're learning something. It's just the type of person, right? So what did you dislike about the stucco guys other than just uh, their uncoupling it, it, material. Yeah, yeah. The fact How that was I, it finished? The fact that in two days, I uh, oh, they didn't get that far. Oh, the, I stopped them at the uh, foam stage. Wow. And told them they're not going any further. So what I've learned in the last few months is, uh, as a homeowner slash GC, I'm not going to let a bad trade continue. I'm going to drop the you. hammer on them and say, Good Hey, for you, you're not unless you start doing it properly, you're out of here. That's it. I mean, there you got to be careful with that too. But a good trade should understand that if they are making a mistake and the homeowner who's paying them comes up and questions what you're doing, you should not be insulted by that. You should just come clean. Well, I actually said to the owner of the company, I said, "Look, come up on the roof. Let me show you." And it was there was no arguing or anything. And I, I showed him, and he acknowledged there was a problem. And he goes, "Mark, I've never had in in my 15 years or 20 years of doing this, I never had this issue." I said, have you ever had a homeowner go up on the roof and check the panels? <laughs> it's a good question. Cause and I said, Nick, don't look at me as a homeowner. I'm a GC here. That was it. Yeah. Wow. But, well said. But then he dude. never, his stuff's still at my house. It's been three months. So I'm on to the next stucco guy. He just left his stuff and never came Just back. walked away from it. Yeah, walked away from it. It's just a tell. 
What other questions you got asked? Oh, I got tons of questions for you. I just been shutting up for a long time. So um, I, <laughs> I, I, want, I like that version. I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to go back to something that you really said that was really important to me. I see this all the time, but it doesn't phase me at all because I have nothing to hide, and I like I like the homeowners around as much as I can because I like asking them for their personal touch, and I like giving them options before the problem starts. A lot of times, even in some of the GCs I work with. They're like, why are you calling me so much? And I'm like, I'm giving you the option because this is the scenario we're in right now. And I'd rather talk about it than fight about it later that I didn't give you that option. Sure. So you can be angry at me for me calling you <clears throat> and giving you that option. I can make my own decisions, but this isn't my project, right? right. One thing you said was you found yourself being at the job site because you didn't trust them anymore. Right. Do you wish you could have trusted them so that you could have enjoyed yeah, your day more? nothing more than, I'm telling you, Carl, it was so stressful. The weather was so bad. It's raining every day. You're, all I could think about was that bloody basement. And I just wanted to know that I, it would have been awesome to have just been able to drive past it and see that tarp done properly and the water flowing off of it. And I go home and go about my business. So I lost so much sleep. I was, I was dreaming about rain. Oh my I, I kid you not. God. No, no, I know. Because I was constantly rain. there having to manage their... <laughs> the water and like why why couldn't they have done that yeah absolutely i, I didn't want to be there they weren't dreaming so, about rain be there so i guess uh, i guess like two or three things that were really important and i want the the young contractors and the old contractors to pay attention to this this is really important coming from you like you mm -hmm. being here today as a homeowner is really important to all the listeners and this is going to either make or break someone's business so one thing is you know we talk about this all the time you don't have a clean site Really, that's the big, big no-no. You're already a bad contractor. You're not cleaning your site. You're a bad contractor. Yeah. Just because you're going to the dump with garbage doesn't mean you're a clean yeah, contractor. Absolutely. Um, two, when I get hired by, a, by either a contractor, GC, or a homeowner, they're in my best interest. I'm trying to impress them all the time. It's not going to put me out. I'm already there for a set time as long as I stay on top of, you know, coming to work at seven, say, and leaving at four, but I make that an efficient eight or nine hours. Sure. I'm going to have a good day no matter what comes up yeah. because I can still catch up. I can still fix things. I can go backwards. I can move forward. So that, that's one thing is like the millennials or the older guys need to pay attention to respecting the homeowner and their opinion to a certain extent, of course. Yes. There are homeowners. You're, you're, I mean, you were asking for something. You weren't getting it. I do have homeowners that are above and beyond a little bit I, Honestly, Mark, sure. I will entertain anything. I will entertain it. You bring it up and you want me to quote something, I'll bring it up. I'll quote it. I'll look at it because I'm curious about it myself. Right, right. I'll give you my opinion if I think it's going to work or not based on my experience. But if you want to tell me that you want to put an outdoor shower, I will entertain it. I will mm -hmm. find out how to do it to figure it out, right? I, I just had this conversation with, okay, you remember the upturn, the, bent, the uh, underpinning upturn that I yeah. did? Okay, so I had a, a designer DM me and ask me, can you tell me more information about this skinny bench? And I was like, well, what are you talking about skinny bench, right? 
And she goes, well, I was just in Ikea with my contractor. And she was like, listen, reach out to Manny from Hardcore Rentals because he's done this thing. I think it's called Skinny Bench. And he knows all about it. And reach out to him and talk to him. So I literally DM'd her. I got the message. I DM'd her back and I gave her my phone number. Split seconds, my phone number. It, my phone reach, like rings and all of a sudden I answer it. And she goes, it's, uh, it's Ashley. And I was like, hey, how's it going? And she goes, tell me more about the Skinny Bench. And I was like, what are you talking about here? And then What's I learned, the skinny I learned about What's the upturn. So basically what it was is that she had a client who had a neighbor who refused to let them underpin. So I've worked with an engineer that's designed an underpin that gets around that. You do oh, really? not. Okay, but let's use the real and the right name. Underpinning. Well, it's a bench wall also. No, 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 no. It's it's known as an upturn. So it's an L-shaped bench, so to speak. But it's not an underpin. And that design by this one engineer is a nice flip the bird right to the neighbor right, right. because you know when you underpin you have to get the permission of the neighbor but if you do it this way you do not need to do it so she started talking with me asking me a bunch of questions about it the whole procedure all this other stuff i told her all about it and i was like listen ashley you ever got clients that have this problem and they you know a neighbor problem bring me in okay I'll i won't yell i won't bark i won't do anything yeah. i'm just going to tell them what i can or can't do and most of the time, I can do anything they want. Mm -hmm. Okay, but there's one thing that you really have to do is really important. And I want to mention this right now What's while we're that? talking about underpinning or uh, upturns or bench walls. You need to make a good relationship with your next door neighbor and take pictures of their basement, their main floor, and their second. Yes, you do. So that when things happen... Or don't happen, but they supposedly did happen. happen you're not paying for cracked, uh, cracked plaster know. walls, no, you're uh, totally broken right. paintings. Uh, how do totally you get right. into their house to take pictures? Well, you create, you a, great them? You no, no. You create a great relationship. Everything's great in the beginning. Everybody's making food and giving you little cookies and stuff. Everything's yeah. all nice. While you're in there, you're surveilling the whole place. Yeah, right? that's right. when you do your research and your and your uh, exploratory. Once you, <laughs> once, you, once you invite Dracula into the house, you just take Dracula. Okay, so... Uh, leading to that, like you, you said some really important things here, and I think it's going to, I'm hoping it's going to motivate and change and inspire some people. How do you feel about the younger contractors versus the older contractors now? I, I'm still, I'm still hesitant when it comes to younger guys. Why? Just a few experiences. Do you feel that they don't care about the work? They care about getting the work. I think they care about getting paid and getting out quicker. I find that the older guys have more pride in craftsmanship. And now, as you know, we're in our 40s, uh, the, we're now the older guys. The younger guys Speak are... Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, oh, by the way, me and Mark went to school and on the same school bus. <laughs> we're on the school bus in grade two. Was Carlito driving? <laughs> I, think we got in, I think we got in an argument about Duran Duran or something. Oh, <laughs> for Don't real. be picking on Duran Well, Duran, I became okay? like Forrest. Yeah. I would run to school because yeah. I was like, I ain't staying on that bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still, I'm still, I still lean towards the older guys, but... You know, I've also found, uh, so we had three little quick masonry things we need done. A couple of younger guys came in to quote it and uh, never heard from them again. Never got a price. Yeah, I will send you a price. That happened to me with, with, with about three younger guys to do with masonry. It just seemed like it wasn't big enough for them. The payout wasn't big enough. Maybe they didn't have time. They just didn't seem interested. Next time, reach out, Mark. Reach out to Mark from Craigmore. 
He'll Sounds he'll good. he'll drive anywhere from Hamilton to go all over the GTA, and he'll do a, yeah. a thousand dollar job. He'll do a hundred thousand dollar job. Yeah, he's the, the one uh, the one thing that's been difficult is you're taking over your own project, and contractors are coming in. I I do get the feeling often that you know you don't get calls back because you're the homeowner. Well, they want to deal with a GC, and I'll let you in on this. Tradespeople in general, I will say nine nine of them out of ten do not want to deal with the homeowner. Right. They don't. They want to communicate with a GC who knows what they're doing. So they refuse to deal with the homeowner because they have their own experience with that. But I'm like, I think you guys are shooting yourselves in the foot by doing that. I think so. Uh, I think, first of all, you can you, communication is massive in this industry. And if you can't communicate with a homeowner, then what's the point of being in this business? You have to eventually communicate with the homeowner because you're building a house for the homeowner. Absolutely. And, and the one thing with me is, you know, I, different than the average guy is that, you know, my business is communication. And when these guys come in, I tell them exactly what I want. I, I know about what I'm talking about. I've done my research and a lot of them realize that and have come back, but a lot of them, you can tell they're a little apprehensive, but it comes with the territory. It's funny you say that I'm, I'm looking at jobs all the time or trying to get the jobs, you know, how busy I am. So I'm always juggling more than I can chew, but I have guys I believe in. I will text or call those homeowners, even if I can't get to them for a week, and I will before I know they're going to even call, way before they're going to even call, I send them a little text and say, I'm on top of it. I'm really yeah. sorry. I apologize. I'm busy. Your business is important to I me. I do the same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing because I'm that busy, but it's that important. Your job is that important, but I want you to know that the job that I'm on, I can't just walk away from because I need to finish that so I can start your job and I'm going to treat you the same way I'm treating that customer. So if you're patient with me, you'll get something out of it in the long we're run. We're keeping the lines of communication and open. And to Manny's point, the question, that's what I think that younger generations don't realize is when I am uh, haven't gotten back to a client in a couple of days and I know I still can't start their job for a week or so, I shoot them a quick email and say, listen, I haven't forgotten about you. And that's where, on the other hand, I find I get radio silence. Isn't it really ironic? I just realized something. It's really ironic. I think we can all stipulate that the younger generation, I think this has been proven because of their social media skills and how much time they're actually spending on social media. They're losing their communication skills. Absolutely. So if they're losing their communication skills and you get on a job site, sure, you might get work by DMs and by showing off your work on social media, guess what? You still have to go meet somebody, shake their hand, sit down and talk to them about drawings. You still have to communicate. So if you're losing the fine art of communicate, which is directly related to sales, you're not going to get the job or you'll get the job, but you won't be able to maintain the job. And then that's the loss as you well. You still have to know how to shake a hand yeah. and look a guy in the eyes exactly. when you're talking to A word, him. bond, all that stuff. Yeah. That, you know, they make wow. fun of us. No. That's like real, like out of the hood, the bond, Dude, baby. <laughs> like, kind of, like we're at a certain age that we still do that, man. When you meet somebody, you talk to them. And if you're speaking to them, My listen, handshake meets more yeah, than any contract. I'll I mean, tell the, you that. But these kids are so ingrained in social media and digitally speaking to everybody that they don't know how to communicate with clients yeah. so that you're right to your point. I totally agree with you. They want to get in, finish a job, get paid, get out. Yeah. And you can't look at it that way, man. You need to want to get in and build an amazing piece of home for them and then complete everything, deliver what you decide you said that you would do and then get paid and get out. And you never know who that person you're working for knows and it goes a long way. I got a customer right now over the last 16 years has brought me over $100,000 to the work. 
it's been over 16 years and it's nice to get that phone call and get a $25,000 bathroom, a $10,000 hallway. Like, and like you said, you don't know, like if you treat someone really well and you're honest, you will have consistent business for the rest of your life. Yeah. I wanted to, I, because we're going to wrap it up soon. I got real two fast questions. We, I don't want to, I don't want to make Manny too frustrated and uh, get him all freaked out. He starts, <laughs> he starts doing the crack, like flip. <laughs> um, you said something that was really important to me that should be there and we should have these people protecting us. You said that your inspector, your structural inspector failed you. Right. How do you feel about our city inspector that we're paying money for, for our permits are failing us at home and, and allowing the contractor Blow, to get away with mind. it. You know, are they he, not supposed to be protecting us? He was the structural inspector. He inspected the house when we parted ways. He had a problem with a hole the electrician had drilled through an LVL and made us get an engineer stamp for it, yet this post was passed not once but twice. Uh, first of all, twice. you can could, you could make up to two-inch hole in an LVL. You just got to call yeah, a manufacturer. Yeah, you just have to have your... And uh, you have to get it signed off. That's yeah. all. But It I mean, was outside of the allowable drillable holes, but I'm just making the comparison that this post was total word of the contractor, even when I was sitting there with a uh, concrete bit showing him that there's those, nothing that those 10... 10 inch bolts were uh, in the hollow M Manny, of the block. He gave me these pictures that I thought my six year old daughter at the time sent me. No, I'm just making a joke. Like they weren't the cleanest pictures. And over a text, I instantly knew that he needed to, to get out of his house and call the inspector or, or this like is an engineer. And he's like, like he already knew this himself. How can a city inspector not know that? You can't just get away with that. That's we shouldn't be allowing for that to just slide. But again, the guy was probably 25, and you know I don't want to keep harping on that because I'm sure there are some good there's young great contractors yeah. and good young contractors out there. There, I'm sure there are, but overlooking things and well, if you're I mean, going to do it, that it, job, you have to be. You got to look. You got to look in yeah, every corner. Yeah, but in, in all fairness, inspectors have so much. So many homes to go look at, yeah. so many projects to look at. If they were to actually literally go through every single detail, but I mean, from what structural? you structural, hang on a sec. What, what you, what I gather here though is that that was a critical, blatant, obvious that it yeah. was incorrect. It should have been brought up yes. and and disputed against the contractor. Maybe we don't know. They're buddies, buddies. We don't know if there's a relationship there. We don't know any of that shit. But I would question if that was a matter. failure. I would be bringing it up. And then you have as a, as a homeowner, just to let you know, you have every right to go to his supervisor. Right. right now, yeah. if you want to ruffle those feathers, that's a different story, right? Because now you're. I may be ruffling them down the road once, once. I uh, like that. Once we're near the end. But you have the right to go to the city supervisor and then pulling because that inspector has got their name on. And that, again, that report. for me, it's it's something that worry. You know, I don't know the next house, but you know, you hear about houses collapsing in Toronto. Of course, it happened actually Recently. very close to when I when I called you about this post. It was a young guy downtown Toronto, wasn't yeah, it? It was like a St. Wednesday. Clair. There was a windy night and the house collapsed. And yeah. it was a bad post. Yeah. Again. Or did he take the post out? Yeah, um, maybe. So last question, real fast, before we go to our last segment. Do you have any of my tools at your house? No. <laughs> I didn't borrow anything Are off you yet. Are you sure? <laughs> I could have swore I lent you something Hilti. Yeah. No, no, no Hilti. I want you to think about if, that. If, if you got any of his Hilti, just kid GG that. That's all. That's all. Kid GG it. Are you sure, Mark? This yeah, is your last time yeah, to answer yeah, correctly. 
<laughs> All right, Mark, thank you so much for joining us and, and shedding a lot more light on this. I mean, because I, I know that a lot of contractors don't get the opportunity to basically ask the direct questions that we ask you. It's not like we're not working for you, so we could ask you whatever we want, sure. right? That's the cool thing about it. But they like listening to these different perspectives, right? But it's true. I think a lot of the stuff that you said here are very, very valid and very true. And I think anybody that's listening should take it and absorb it and understand it. And I'm like, trust me, man, I, I don't have a bone to pick up with the young guys. I don't. I'm just saying that instead of just dismissing us old guys, why don't you learn from us, man? Learn mm -hmm. from some of this shit that's going on in the world and just make your business better. Well, it's okay to learn. Yeah. yeah. I learn every day. You learn every single day. So, Mark, we've got one last segment. You and be, wait, it's been changed now. It's changed now. Yeah. So... It's the 12 <laughs> questions. Uh -oh. So you're, you're in marketing, branding kind of thing. So you might know who James Limpton was. I've heard the name. So he had a show inside the actor's studio. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. at the end of it, he would ask he his guests. He just guess, passed away. He passed away yeah. recently. Yeah. So he would ask his guests 10 questions. Okay. I, we, we've now made it 12 questions and we made him <laughs> construction related. But I just want to let everybody know that I give credit where credit is due. So I didn't, it's all personal. I, I didn't come up with these questions except for just modifying for construction. So we just want to go You're through. You're not going to make me cry, are no, you? No, 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 no. Gone no. with the wind? <laughs> no, 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 no. And it all begins now. What is your favorite construction word? Huh. <laughs> framing. Wow. Is it huh or framing? <laughs> <laughs> or huh framing. <laughs> huh framing. What is your least favorite construction word? Debris. Oh, that's a good one. Wow. What turns you on in construction? Seeing a nice, straight, level, complete wall <laughs> with no bumps in them. Yes. <laughs> Crowns up and out yes. for all you Absolutely. framers. <laughs> what is your, uh, sorry, what turns you off in construction? Uh, sore hands at the end of the day. <laughs> wow. What yeah. is your favorite curse word in a phrase? I got a good one, which I came up with. You motherless cunt. <laughs> I, that's my... <laughs> I, 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 That's got to be the deadliest I, one so far. I don't know which finger I hit that day, but I, I've been saying it a lot. Uh, wow, that was deep, I like man. that one, that man. Was deep. I, I do like you that You might one. have the record now. <laughs> no, that, that, that beats out Michelle from our real estate episode yeah. where she just like, oh, it's got to be this, but I don't know if I can say it. I go, you can say anything on Construction Life. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite car, bike, motorcycle? Or no, car, van, truck. I, any vehicle. I'm not a I'm not a car guy, but my my older son is, and when we're in Florida, he makes me take him to all the big ritzy dealerships, and makes me feel really poor. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> but I like the McLaren. Mm. Yeah. So you're choosing the cheap ones. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what well, is, I like the McLaren. <laughs> what is your least favorite car, bike, or vehicle? Anything? I don't like Volkswagen drivers. I can't stand them. Oh, the drivers now. You're yeah, just... so anyone in a Volkswagen or a Volkswagen. <laughs> wow. A little, little vehicle profiling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Must be the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? The sound of a, a planer when it's nice and new. When Ooh. it's old, it hurts your bloody ears. So that might have answered your second Actually, question. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the second <laughs> question. Wow. So we'll, we'll skip down over then. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? What I'm doing now. Yeah? Um, you don't Really? I wouldn't. Well, attempt permanently? Probably not. But I'm already doing it. So. Are um, you enjoying it now? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. You love it. it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. What profession would you not like to do? 
anything which requires me to go to an office like a monkey, you know, which you can contradict because I, I've been doing that on my own. But from day one, I wanted to work on my own. What's the saying? Uh, if you pay peanuts, you'll track monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Your house is finished. <laughs> <laughs> That's wicked. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? We're going to bring you back in three months to see if it's done. All right. All right. All right. Hopefully All right. it'll be That's done. A, so so she's saying September. You're saying December. Yeah. Okay. I got, I got to ask one last thing. I smell October. <laughs> <laughs> if you could change one thing about a, a, a contract or GC, what would you change? Don't take offense when the homeowner asks you a question, yeah. no matter how personal it sounds. Exactly. Just it's part of your business. Answer the question. Communicate, man. Well Just said. Don't, don't avoid it. Well said. Thanks, Mark. Thanks you so much. And to get a hold of you again, if you want to get you to do some brand identity uh, for us. You can email me at M-A-R-K-M-A-C-H-A-N-E-K at hotmail.com. Perfect. And also, if you have any complaints, just call him directly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. And uh, if you're interested in being on the show, just reach out to me because you can't find Carlito on the digital network. No, no, you'll, you'll get me. You're just going to have to You be won't patient. get him. That's all. <laughs> Carlito, get us out of here. Thank you, Mark, very much. We really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing what you've experienced. We are we're sorry that you went through it, but we learned from it. Yeah. You're still, you're still paying tuition. Experience has been good. You're paying tuition. Fun, That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Mark Carlito. Get us out. A 416TO, baby. GC. <laughs> <laughs>